When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The, is it morning yet? Deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. 17 yard line. Look out again. Car. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lawrence. Uh, you can find me at LAC Masterbolt, Zach Alfers. Zach Alfers, we brought on a guest today. I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce our guest. All right. And give it up for Mr. Tim Williams. Yeah, special performances, I think, require special guests. So uh, I brought on my buddy, Tim. Tim Williams, uh, we, we are working together at, with the Sacramento River Cats, but Tim's a former collegiate football player. I know he's done some sports writing also in the past. Um, if there's anything I'm forgetting, Tim, definitely let our listeners know. But um, I'll, I'll save the surprise for you uh, and let let you tell um, why uh, why we brought you on today. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all for having me. Um, former college athlete, former, uh, I wouldn't say former, but personal trainer. Now doing sales at the Rivercats. That's how I met Zach. And then now I'm on the pod to talk about some Kelly. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Josh Kelly, how you met him, um, and kind of about your a little bit about your guys' relationship. Yeah, so I met him um, my second year at Davis, his first. He a year behind me. And um, really, we had, we had met in the gym, like, before the season had started. Like, I guess he was getting in some some extra work. 
And um, I, I knew I didn't see him before, so I just we we introduced ourselves to each other. Um, really, from there, we kind of figured out that um, one of his one of his friends was also somebody else that I had just met, and then we made that connection, and then really it, it took off from there. But at at that time, you know, after meeting him, meeting him in the gym, it's like okay, he he played football, so I wanted to check him out. Freshman year, he had like averaged like five yards a carry. That was as a freshman too, so like that was always big. And then really, the relationship with like my housemate and him is really what kept us connected. Like that's really like his 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 guy. That's really like his homie. But you know, we stayed in contact from there. You know, now we good friends. And you guys still talk to to this day? Yeah, like I actually seen him. Um, um in the summer like right before camp so and when i seen him he looked like he had gained a few pounds but apparently he put on a few more yeah apparently he put on a few more so he look he look real huge now so yeah uh chill with him for a little bit you know uh before before camp started before he really got into that grind and yeah just rooting him on as much as possible I got to ask you, man. So you, you played with them uh, collegiately at UC Davis, right? How was he like as a freshman and as a sophomore? And how much have you seen like that growth from him going from UC Davis to UCLA and in, into the NFL, obviously? You know, what kind of what do you think like made him kind of gave him that drive? And, and that's a huge kind of come up coming from a, a UC school up to the NFL. Yeah, I mean. Really, I, I couldn't even like speak to what drives him per se, outside of him being like a, a God fearing, a God fearing man. He's a he's really a, a man of of strong faith. So I think he puts all of his faith into God and in his, in his abilities. He he thanks God for his abilities. I think that's probably like the most, the biggest thing that that might drive him. But like he's he always he always been a hard worker. I remember. Like like I said, I met him at the gym getting in extra work, and then at the time he had decided that he was getting ready to transfer from Davis to UCLA. I had seen him in the gym again, and we talked about it then. And he was like, "Yeah, bro, like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put in extra work on top of the the work that I'm already doing, plus eating different." Like he he put himself on that schedule before he transferred to get him ready to transfer. So it's always been in him, I would say. That's that's probably it. Probably got to be something from you know from a young age outside of his faith. He always uh, smiled like that back then. Yeah, he do. All that. He do. That's always <laughs> smiling. I, I swear he never never looks upset or anything. He's constantly got this huge grin on his face. Yeah, it's it's, it's a constant glow. He always he always excited, wanting to be around, want to talk to you, make sure you're doing good. He want to know how like how everything going with you. So really, just a good guy. I think that's why people like him so much. Like you see him as a player, you see what he could do. It's like, okay, great. But then when you meet him as a person, it's like even better. Like that's what really keep you. What do you think's like clicking this year for him that kind of didn't click in the past? I, I feel like he had a kind of a, a really good start in the NFL, the, the first like two or three games. And then it seemed he had like the one fumble. And from that, like the confidence kind of got sapped a little bit, making little mistakes here and there. Like, what do you think is changing his mindset this season? Because he looks like a totally different player than he has the last two seasons. If I had to guess, I would say he just – he didn't – he he learned how to, like, not take it personally. He learned that, like, you know, the league is a business and 
in the business, you got to do your job. And I think once he started attacking it with that mindset and really being proactive, making sure he get better at special teams instead of just, you know, running back, I think that's what really helped him. I would say. I think he just looks a lot smarter right now. Like he looks confident. Like yeah, he, he, he listened to in his interview. He seems way more confident this year. Yeah, no, like the, the confidence is de- definitely there. Um, you could you could just see it. Like he 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 playing. He when he play, he play free. He not thinking about what he needs to do. It's just it's just football now. Like if he in the backyard again. So I think now that he playing free, that's really going to take him to that next level. All we got is all we need now is more opportunity. Well, let's talk about that opportunity. The decisiveness is is so much better this year over the first couple of years. Um, and he had a, a career game this last Sunday. Let's see. 10 carries on the ground, 49 yards. He had a big touchdown. Also mm-hmm. added, caught both of his targets for 33 yards in the passing game. This kind of is just the tip of the iceberg, the tip of what we're expecting from him. So just as, you know, as a former teammate of his, what are you expecting from him for for the remainder of this season? Really, I think if we could be around 10 to 12 touches per game, passing and catching, I think I think you'll see a lot more production. And like he like he's already been like the most efficient in his small carries. And I think giving him close to that 10 to 12 touches, making sure he is like the actual spell for X, I think that's that's taking it to the next level in itself. You know, Daniel Popper uh, actually told uh, Joe Lombardi in one of the interviews that he's been the most efficient runner. And it actually kind of, I think, led to him getting the 10 carries this week. Like, okay, you've been the most efficient. Let's go and see what you can do with it. And he goes and he has a pretty decent game. He's not getting stopped in the backfield. He's being really decisive. Uh, And I feel like we've always known that he's been a north to south runner. I feel like he didn't always know that kind of early in his career. And now he just looks a lot more decisive. He, he's getting north and south. He's bouncing off tackles. Uh, he's never been like a, a, a twitchy, you know, like, a, you know, he's never been like a, a person that's going to juke you out of your shoes or anything like that. And I feel like he, he understands his identity now as a runner. Like he's a, he's a downhill, drop the shoulder, go and pick up the hard yards, bounce off tackles. And I think that's been like the biggest strength to him this season I feel like he understands who he is as a runner where I feel like that was something that he kind of struggled with with that that identity like who am I uh what's my role on this team and and how do I you know bring the best of what I'm able to do to this team you agree with that yeah I do I think um I think that's that's why he put on that size and I think you could you could see it in his play now because now he He's, he's going to meet contact, like even in pass protection. He's not waiting for the blocker to come to him. He's going to make that that it initial like he's contact. Fun with it too. Yes. So I think I think he understands that he will have success when he's pushing the envelope and going going through people as to trying to accept him coming in. And so, and that was a big thing coming into this season was finding a legitimate running back too to spell Eckler, so he doesn't have to do it all himself. Now, there's been a lot of kind of jockeying for that position. He had a Kelly had a phenomenal offseason. I know me and you, Tyler, and me and you, Tim, have talked about it as well. We thought he was the clear front runner. They signed Sony Michelle late in the offseason. He kind of was really the that 
first guy to get those second second touches. You got Isaiah Spiller also waiting in the background. But if you had a chance to speak to the Chargers coaching staff, what do you think makes Kelly the best running back to to, to spell Eckler in those situations? I feel like I feel like he's shown you all camp. Like he was he was probably the best back all, all camp. You know the the work that you wanted him to do, you seen him do. When he gets the opportunities in game, he he's producing in game. And that's not just running the ball or catching the ball. That's in pass protection. That's in special teams. So to me, I feel like it's, it just comes down to really trusting them with it. I think when they brought in Sony, it was like, okay, well, I know he had a running back competition. Maybe I still, I'm still not comfortable with the depth in the room. So let's bring somebody in. He's been in the system. Let's bring somebody in, which is fine. But when you got a guy that's younger, doing the same things, um, and then if not better, I think it's time to just go with him. And I think they did that. They only gave Sonny Michelle one carry, zero yards. So, like, they they gave Josh the opportunities, and I feel like he played the way that he needed to to kind of hold on to that position. As a matter of fact, I don't think um, our fourth-round draft pick, uh, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller, has even, like, dressed most of these games. So I feel like they're comfortable with Josh Kelly. I feel like he's jumped them, jumped Sony Michelle on the depth chart. I see him getting these 8, 10, 12 touches a game because I just think that he deserves them. Like, Austin Eckler had an outstanding game, 16 carries, 173 yards. He had the one touchdown. He took this that 170-yard uh, long, long run. But Kelly's been, I think, a little more consistent from play to play to play, which is so valuable, especially when you're trying to pick up those uh, those first downs, trying to uh, get some of these uh, these long drives moving, take some time off the clock. And he's protected the ball, which was a, another issue mm-hmm. he's had at the, the beginning of his career. I, I think that you got to keep rolling with Kelly. I, yeah. I just – you have to. You need that consistency – and that, that back that can kind of wear down the defense. And he's finally reliable at doing that, which is so huge. Just be reliable, do your job, and, you know, you'll get the carries. Those things will come. And that's what I was about to say. I I think it's still early. You know, it's it's a long season. But but I think he definitely he, he definitely is showing that he's he's reliable. Like you could call you could call his number when it's time and he, he won't let you down. So I think it's I think he can only build 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 on that. Obviously, like this is like his really his opening game. So he showed well in his opening game. And hopefully it's it, he get the same opportunities going forward. And so and we've been very positive. And I, I know we are all huge fans, but let's what do you think are maybe some of the weaknesses of his game that maybe he can add add to or or just kind of fine tune to force the coaching hands? Uh, for the, force the coaching staff's hand to to play him because I don't think he's given us any reason to not see ten plus touches a game. I mean, it, it's hard it's hard to, to to say at this point. Like just watching film, you will really have to probably dive deep to see. Like ah, maybe he didn't do this or didn't do that. But at a surface level, it looked like he give you everything. He could run, he could catch, he could pass block, he could play special teams. Uh, I know Tyler, you talked about that quick twitch. He doesn't really have that quick twitch, but. I don't. Right. I think his issue is in space, which is, you know, like <laughs> making guys miss out in space, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he's got enough wiggle, and I, I think you overcome that with identity. Like, though, if you're not the guy who's who's twitchy, uh, a guy who's able to 
you know, cut against the grain, then you better be really good at what you are. Your specialty is, which is getting north and south. Now that he's doing that, but like in terms of like throwing him some screens and letting him get out in space, like that's not his game. Uh, And I think that's like, that's a really hard thing to develop, right? Is how do you develop that quick twitch? You can do little things. You can do like ladders and stuff like that. But in terms of just having the, the instincts of like feeling where, where the, 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 the run is going and then making that quick decision um, is something that he just doesn't have that specific aspect, but that's fine because that's not who he is. I, I still think even if you did get him in space, like in, in the screen games where you got, where you got linemen out in front of you, you wouldn't even, he wouldn't even need quick twitch in that, right? At that point, you're just following blockers now. I'm just talking then, about like little jump offs, and you have to make one man miss, and you got open field, and you make that one man miss. Yeah. Or I feel like he's just going to be like the guy, like, look, I'm just going to, I'm, you know, lower the shoulder and I'm going to pick up the extra yards, which is fine. You, that, that works in the NFL. If that's your role, then that's your role. But in terms of like being an Austin Eckler or even like a Justin Jackson, a guy who, you know, just has that, that dead leg, like there's no dead leg. It's all, heavy shoulder and that's yeah. that's fine that's a, that's a, that's who you are that's who you are i do think i do think we are underestimating the speed like he, he gained weight but he still has that speed so when he does get some space and he actually able is open up and run we'll be able to see him getting away from defenders like we like we did in college i feel like we haven't got been able to see a, a lot of that yet but when those opportunities come i think i think we'll start to see him pop a few more longer runs yeah, I think that also, like, the, the blocking up front needs to get better. Uh, Matt Filer, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the game. I'm not sure if you're a Charger fan or not. I know you're a Josh Kelly fan because, I mean, you're a Josh Kelly fan. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think a lot of the issues have been kind of up front, especially at left guard. Matt Filer, again, like, I, I did a lot of film study. Uh, he's just not – I know that, yeah, we had 238 yards rushing on the ground. Most of that was on one play by Austin Eckler. But I think you you need the blocking up front for Kelly and Eckler in this whole run game to just be consistent from week to week. Um, yeah, it sounds it looks great on the stat sheet, 238 yards rushing. But when you realize, you know, a third of those yards came on one play, uh, that's not consistent. I still saw some consistency issues on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if you want to stay on for the whole episode. You had a chance to to to, to watch the game at all. Um, it's up to you, but. I'd like to keep you on, get your kind of thoughts on on the rest of the team. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch the whole game. I think I caught on the third quarter. I got in the third quarter. I was able to watch from there. But I, I, as far as film, I wouldn't be able to dive dive deep into film. Okay, then that's that's totally cool. We could talk about that a little bit. But Zach, what what do you think about Austin Eckler's big game, big day? Uh, he also got caught from behind on that. So I know uh, you gotta you gotta talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know that one's eating him because, you know, he wants the competitor in him wanted to finish that one off. Um, But you you look at the the whole game as a whole. The dude was eating. uh, He was getting it done. The 70, a 71 yard run. I'll I'll take that every day. You get us into the goal, the red zone. Four yards short. (laughs) Four yards short. And I'm pretty sure we, we settled for a field goal that one, too. I think it was three really bad plays at the goal line. I don't I don't really like that uh the end of that run but i thought eckler played phenomenal you know i'm a big eckler fan week in and week out we were talking about just 
a big part of this game was going to be to flip the script. The Brown, We knew the Browns were going to run the football. We knew they were going to be effective with it. A way to keep us in the game was to establish our run, which has been super inconsistent all all game uh, or all year inconsistent it's been non-existent i thought it was a great game for meckler and i hope it's a because it's a build off of last week which was his best game up to that point and now he has a phenomenal game here a a career high game um as far as you know yardage total um and now you're just going to continue to build off of that you get a, a far less talented defense upcoming with the broncos uh this is a builder game i i know austin eckler wants a couple touchdowns moving forward. I thought Eckler played phenomenal. I thought Eckler played a really good game. And, and the other thing we have to talk about, Austin Eckler had 173 yards rushing. Nick Chubb had 134. So our number RB1 outrushed their RB1. Josh Kelly, 49 yards. Kareem Hunt, 47 yards. Our number two outrushed the, their, their number two. So like that, right off the bat, this is Unless the best. Case. From each, so much less carries from each, but also like the the thing that's important about that is this is the strength of the Cleveland Browns offenses, their offensive line and their run game. And if you can produce better than what they're doing, it's really going to be really hard to lose that kind of game. And we know that Kareem Hunt and and Nick Chubb are probably the best duo in the NFL. They have the best offensive line. And I think it's such a, a huge compliment to to this running back room, the Chargers running back room, to be able to outperform the, the team that is the best at what they do, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's huge. Like, Nick Chubb is super fun to watch. Maybe not watching him play against your team, <laughs> but he is super fun to watch. And both those backs, when you're able to, to be better than at their own game, I mean, that's that's a recipe for success if there ever was one, right? So I, I got a question. Do you do you feel like the the production we got in the run game came because they went into the game running wanting to run the ball, or or was it because of Cleveland Browns run defense? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I still think that the Chargers rushing game was big play based, right? Like it wasn't consistent. There's still a lot of you know, tackles right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and and with the exception of, a, I would say, like five chunk plays that came out of that, it really wasn't a great – it really wasn't great on the offensive line. It was really great at Eckler kind of uh, getting the defense to kind of move where he wanted them to move and then making that cut. I still think that the Browns' defense is relatively good, especially when you have um, some of the, the young talent they have back there. I'm talking about Sione Takitaki. I'm talking about uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Kormo. Like, they got some really good players there. Um, I think that a lot of the the, the motion that we did, um, a lot of the misdirection we did really worked in our favor. But I don't think that it, we just overpowered the, the Browns' defense by any means. And I, I don't know if you got that from that, but I, I don't think we, we just beat them down with our offensive line just outperforming and kind of manhandling their defensive line. I really think it was just a couple of breaks. Like a, we got lucky on a couple of those runs. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I want to get uh, Zach thoughts and then I, I can give mine. I, I think, I think we're going into it. 
like we were talking about, the, the Chargers run game has, has not been nearly as where, where we need it to be to, to go where we want to go. And so I think each week it, it is a point of emphasis to get the game going somehow. And I think that I think you're right. But those big plays spark momentum. They get guys wanting to block, wanting to hold on for an extra second to spark that big run. And so I, I think it was planned to to lean on the running game a little more. Uh, I don't think we were expecting this level of efficiency or the the four or five splash plays that we're talking about here. All right, so I feel like the, the splash plays could be just a product of you leaning more into the run game. I, I think with the first with the first first few games. Yeah, you were trying to you were trying to establish a run, but some of them games you were down, so you had to throw. You know, like that Jags game, you were down. You probably not going to establish a run in that game. You got to throw. So I think if the if the offense could make it a, a a thing to be more balanced going forward, maybe we do see that that run game start to get a little bit more consistent. Like just just based off this one game alone, you know. You know, we did pass 34 attempts. We ran 34 times. Uh, so that worked in our favor. And even in this game where we got down 14-0 pretty quick. So if you're able to establish that run, it makes you more multiple on the offensive side of the ball because now you're now you're a threat to run the ball, which opens up so much in the passing game, which was huge for the Chargers this week. Um, Justin Herbert had the greatest game, 228 yards, but 22 of 34. Uh you know, we're, we're nor used to Herbert having 40 attempts a game and passing for over 300 yards. But when you are a threat on the ground, it it makes you more efficient on in, through the passing game. And that's been huge for us this last week. I don't love some of the fourth down decisions. We'll talk about those in a bit. This, specifically the fourth down play calling. I kind of wish we would have ran the ball in, in some of those situations. Um, but we can get in that in a little bit. Uh, Mike Williams finally had a big game again, 10 receptions, 134 yards, uh, almost had one like the greatest uh, touchdowns of the year. I don't know what this heel toe tap thing that doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Like if you're going saying. out of bounds and you get the toe tap, they'll give it to you, but you step, you're, you're, on your toes and then you step back out of bounds like you're in like what that is a dumb rule uh what do you think about mike williams game on sunday tim yes i i got him in fantasy so i loved it Uh, yeah (laughs) so that's that's that is a lot of a lot of the reason why i watch the Chargers so much one is because uh kelly and the other two would be because my other housemate is a Chargers fan, and then three would be because of fantasy. So I, I think he looked good. I think with, with Kenan being out, like he he doing what he needs to do with the targets coming at him. I think cap, keeping that offense balanced might even open it up a little bit more for him, especially on some like some play action plays where you'd be able to get him one on one down the field. So to get him with more opportunities where he is can make those where he can make those big plays, but. And from everything we've been seeing from him, I think uh, I've been liking. Zach. Yeah. Uh, kind of, it's already been about 25 minutes, so I kind of want to start talking a little bit about the defense and get on to the next game. But Derwin James had 14 total tackles. Uh, Drew Tranquil had some some tackles in the backfield. But 
But you also have some players that are like kind of underperforming. JC Jackson, like getting beat on two plays yeah. that come straight to my mind. Uh, the the touchdown on Amari Cooper. And then like one of the first slants, right? Like what is going on? Uh, uh, what is going on with JC Jackson? And, and, you know, how do we get him like moving? Like what is, what is going on with that? Yeah, um, that one's baffling to me. So I, I feel like, you know, we could kind of speculate all we kind of want. Um, I think that's a personal J.C. Jackson question. No one really knows what's going on with that guy because we've never seen, what's to call it, like lack of production. This guy is, who as soon as he's got stepped in the league, has just been magnet in his hands, attracting the football, breaking passes up left and right. I, I want to say I think it's slightly mental slightly an adjustment period slightly part uh, also partially because he hadn't had a complete uh off season kind of got banged up right there towards the end didn't get any preseason action so i think you're guys seeing a guy who's experiencing a lot of new uh trying to regain the all pro form that we came accustomed to knowing um i i i'm sure he's not impressed with with the production that he's had in the couple games that we've seen him um i think that's going to something that is going to work itself out because he's just way too talented to to be completely whiffing on stuff like that it's something you would expect from a second third year player not a guy who's been dominant since he stepped in the league like jason jackson has and then the last thing i kind of want to talk about touching on the defense aloe gilman uh got an opportunity to play this game and play some Nasir adderley really jumped him on the depth chart and, and kind of had the game ceiling play of the game. Like when he got that interception in the end That's zone, huge. completely changed the landscape of the game. Uh, so I, I really like that Aloe Gilman came through and, and, you know, with that opportunity, you got to shine. And I feel like he shined in the right moment, which is so important. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about Sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. So hats off to Louie Gilman. Uh, the last thing you got to talk about, though, is the, the fourth down decision-making by Brandon Staley. Teams, players are already on their way to, like, I know Keenan Allen was like, what are we doing yeah. on Twitter? Uh, every coach in the NFL, every fan in the NFL is like, what are we doing? Why are we not playing defense? So, Tim, uh, before we let you go, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on Brandon Staley's aggressiveness. Somebody who's kind of outside, I know you're not a Chargers fan in particular, uh, but you've, you've seen kind of how the Charger games have going, fourth and steady, like everybody knows about it. I, I kind of want to get uh, the thoughts from somebody who's not a Chargers fan, kind of on the outside looking in. And mm -hmm. do you like the aggressiveness? Do you like Brandon Staley? Uh, and kind of what are your thoughts of Brandon Staley? 
I so with the with the the offense and the quarterback that he has, I do like the aggressiveness, and I think he talks about having a model that he follows when it comes to comes to fourth downs. It's like a model and statistics that he follow on, on certain fourth downs that he decided that he want to go on. Yeah, yeah. So based off of that, I, I can understand the reasoning why he's being so aggressive. I think the ones that I don't like are the ones where you're you're on your own 30 and you want to go for it. It's just, bro, just punt that. Just punt that. Yeah. Um play some as far there. as as far as this this past game, the very last one, I'm like everybody else. Like, what are you doing? Why not just punt it? And so it was only it was I think it was less than like 30 seconds left. Or less than a minute left at least. Yeah, it just was toward the, the end of the game. All you gotta do is play defense. It's Jacoby Brissett, right? You have to drive a whole. They don't field. have any timeouts. Like, what are we doing? Right. I I just think that was that was just a mistake on on his end, and it, luckily it paid off. Still got the win, but I doubt he'd do something like that again. If it uh, came, up. I don't know. There's been a couple. He's gonna times, do it though. again. He's it's his thing. Done things like that. <laughs> He doesn't end of the game where it's like the decision that you know you should make. I feel like he eventually started taking it. So I think even though even though like the season isn't like lost, you still winning games. He might start getting close to that hot seat talk. Uh, yeah, especially I with think Sean Payton out there, like that. Yeah, that's where some of the captains have to come and be like, "Yo, coach, no, we're not doing that." It's like coach, just 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 play it, play it honest, put trust in the defense. Cause the defense could take that anyway. Oh, you don't trust us to win the game? You know, like it, you don't know how that affects the team. Uh, I appreciate your thoughts, Tim. Zach, I'm gonna let you give the kind of outro for Tim and and kind of say say goodbye to our you know friend of the pod. But I I, I did want to say thank you for coming on and that was uh, some great insights all. Joshua Kelly, Brandon Staley, everything you're talking about, Mike Williams, fantasy, all of that. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Thank you both for having me, man. Yeah. I just, yeah. Thanks for joining us, man. Um, yeah. I thought the insight was great and definitely like to have you back on um, when we see that another big Josh Kelly game. Definitely want to get you back on here uh, for a future episode. So, um, yeah. What thanks team again. are you a fan of? New Orleans. New Orleans. We do we do not play New Orleans this year. We had you no. guys in uh, preseason. We we play New Orleans. We'll bring you back on. We you, you got, got a lot of conversation. Old we'll New Orleans you coaches have too. So you know, yeah. it's an extension of the family. Hey, we'll be there. I, I appreciate you, man. All right, thank y'all. Thanks a lot, man. Take it easy. All right, so let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Uh, great, great conversation, by the way. I'm yeah. glad we brought him on. That's kind of cool that to get some some insight on Joshua Kelly a little bit there. Yeah, he, but, he know he obviously knows ball. Um, yeah, he does. A, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, I, he's always one of the first people once I get into the office when I have any type of news, NFL, especially Charger related, especially Kelly related, that I come to. He actually was the one who showed me Popper's text about or Popper's tweet about the um, Lombardi thing. So. Obviously, very invested, very knowledgeable. Um, really glad to to have had him on. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, so let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver is not who we thought they were. Uh, They're they, not they, who we they thought they like were. A, they look like a bad team. I'm not going to lie. Defensively, they look great. Uh, right now, they've only allowed 80 points 
That's tied for Pretty fourth, crazy, least man. among all defenses. But offensively, with Russell Wilson, nobody wants Russ to cook. Nobody likes the way the food smells. Nobody <laughs> likes how it tastes. Nobody even is looking at it, and they're going, ah, I'm not going to touch that. Not even his superstar wife. I mean, nobody's loving Russ is cooking right now. It, it's nobody's loving what he is cooking up right now. Uh, his... His restaurant's about to go out of business. I want to say it's they Ryan scored. Clark. Ryan Clark said something about it, tweeting like, uh, "Russ is putting raisins in his macaroni salad." Like, just <laughs> what? What are we doing, dude? <laughs> the Broncos have scored seventy-five total points. That's thirty-first worst. There's only one team who's done worse, and I, I couldn't tell you who it was. They're struggling to put points on the board, and then Russ is just the joke of the national football league right now. If you, yeah. Like if you look at all the active players in the NFL right now, like he, he's the only guy who's practicing coming out of the tunnel trying to, you know, how is he going to come out of the tunnel? I'm going to so raise my funny. hands. Right. And he sits here and he, he pretends to pray after a yeah. touchdown. And like, he's like, he's not doing anything that's like game related. Like he's, He's acting, and he's become the joke of the entire NFL. Uh, Kyle Brand had a really, really funny um, – if you ever go and listen to Good Morning Football podcast, uh, he does something kind of funny about um, Russell Wilson. Just the guy turned into, like, one of the most likable players in the entire NFL to one of the hated, hated because he's just so fake right now. Like, what is going on with Russell Wilson – they're paying him $230 million to, you know, I, I don't know. Like, it's 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 kind of weird. It's like Antonio Brown-ish. Like, it's, it's a different type because at least, at least Antonio Brown – Antonio Brown is, is crazy. It, it seems like Russ-ish. It's just so produced. It's so phony. Uh, it's just – it's just not genuine. It's absolutely fake. You could, we're, I was just going through fake uh, synonyms, but it, it absolutely is. I mean, I, and I, I, I don't know. Um, I get so tired of him because the personality is just uh, annoying to me. And now you don't have the blade to back it up. So, you know, and what about the very, very, you know, sad after the games, let's ride. Like he, he's, he's sad now. And he's like, it's like he, now he's in like, a pouting mode like i don't know um something's not right he's with married them. to to uh sierra like his wife is like beautiful like he has nothing to be sad about like no. at all N- no um i think what he should be sad about is the pete carroll marriage has broke up and i don't know if it's just that the broncos are just not as good as they and were Gino or Smith is you gotta talk, you gotta bring that into the equation we as have well, to like... talk about Geno Smith like Russell Wilson everybody likes Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson was like the third round draft pick who yeah. takes his team to two back-to-back Super Bowls wins one uh has the like that the play calling issue that's what everybody called it right like Pete Carroll's like throwing it a slant for the win in the Super Bowl when you've got one of the best goal line backs in the history of the National Football League with Marshawn Lynch. And then, like, nobody blamed Russell Wilson for that. Everybody blamed Pete Carroll for the play right. call. 
And then we start talking about how Russell Wilson had this terrible offensive line his entire tenure, right? And he just needs the right situation. And it seemed like the Broncos was the right situation. But then as soon as he leaves, he becomes the most fake player in the National Football League. And nobody likes him anymore. Like, <laughs> I think fans are bigger fans of Deshaun Watson at this point wow. than they are of <laughs> Russell Wilson, which is insane. At least, and I know, said that. That just came out of my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't think I I may most likely maybe like in in like the the home teams fan bases. Um, uh, I don't know. Is are we even going to get Russ this week? I thought he's a little banged up with like a torn. He is a little banged up, but he is expected to play. And I don't want to talk about Brett Ripien for. <laughs> For this podcast, like I already feel like this game is such a pushover. I think this is going to be an easy win. And oh, by the way, you're going to be coming to this game. Yes, you will be here. You'll be going to SoFi Stadium for your second game. I'll be taking you in the brand new seats, which will be cool. Uh, You'll get to watch that from kind of a a kind of a different angle than you did last year. So I'm super stoked to bring you to this game. But like we have to talk about Russell Wilson because. He's not playing well. They're paying him a lot of money. And if you do not get beat by their defense, you're not worried about the offense, which was like a threat in the preseason. Like people were right. talking about Javante Williams. He's on IR out for the year. They were talking about, uh, I think Garrett Bowles is out for the year as well, right? Like their left tackle uh, ended up hurt, getting hurt. Yeah. So like – Part of their issues are injury-related. Part of their issues is an identity crisis. Part of their issues is Melvin Gordon letting, handing fumbles. He likes to do that. No Justin Simmons. Uh, Justin they're... Simmons was just activated from IR. So is he, he back? has okay. a chance to play. Uh, Greg Dulcich was just activated from IR, so he okay. has a chance to play. But I think they lost Randy Gregory for the year. Um, and I still think that there's like their injury issues are like terrible. I, I think they have the second most players on IR through five weeks of the NFL season. Yeah, they're banged up, but you know that, that that's no excuse. Um, that's no excuse. That's why you build a complete team. It's what we thought the Broncos were going to be. We thought they were going to be a lot deeper than this. Uh, injuries aren't fun, but it, it is part of the game. You need to find a way to respond you need to find a way to to find a new normal they have not found their new normal they look awful it will be a nothing less than a disappointment if we don't win by three scores against this team the broncos currently have 12 players on injured reserve uh which is taking up 32 percent of their cap space that's insane um that's a lot of money to be on ir uh, and then we talk about Melvin Gordon, like they have had trouble holding on to the ball. Javante Williams was out snapping Melvin Gordon by a wide margin. And I feel like this is Melvin Gordon's like last opportunity to have like a legit shot as a, a true RB one. And it's yep. his for the season. Um, and then you've got their, their, uh, their wide receivers are, or, I mean, I don't think that they have a bad, offense by any means i feel like they have a really really talented offense even with some of the injuries that they're dealing with Cortland sutton jerry judy kj hamler all three of those guys are healthy 
that's a pretty mm-hmm. strong trio, a young developmental trio. But they got to get the quarterback situation to get figured out, or it's just not going to work for them. Uh, on the offensive line, they have Calvin Anderson starting at left tackle, uh, Cameron Fleming at right tackle. So they're out. They're number one and number two offensive tackles. Uh, and then you've got Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Meaners. Quinn Meaners is dealing with some injuries himself. Uh, one of those players that's kind of a fringe uh, start if he's available. The the Raider the Raiders the Broncos have played in like three of five primetime games. This being a fourth, and I feel like this is their last one because any yeah, other team is going to get flexed out of that. Like there's. They have been god-awful at putting points on the board, which is what people want to see. Teams want to see teams score points, and it's just not happening in Denver. And, I mean, this is going to be a lot of fun just to be there, to experience it live. But when we picked this game out preseason, this was a a game, you know, when we did our our, – Pre our season, like kind of, ex- we had this uh, circled prediction. on the schedule. Like huge this is gonna game. Be a fun game, it's going to gonna be a, a big wild playoff game, a big uh, game with a lot of, you know, hype. Um, two great quarterbacks, two great defenses, and it just not living up to the billing. Still, what a better game for a team who has yet to put a complete game together. Go out there, dominate, establish some rhythm. Get some bodies back here soon as we approach the middle of the season towards towards our bye. Uh, this is a great pick-me-up game, and you can't take them for granted. It's still the NFL. I don't care who they roll out there at quarterback. you got to take care of four complete quarters, and don't even give these guys a, a, a breath of fresh air from kickoff till the final whistle. Going over to their defensive side of the ball, uh, here's an interesting set for you. Josie Jewell uh, is a linebacker that I think he tore his like MCL or ACL like week one of last year. Uh, he is still recovering from that. He ended up playing three games this season, uh, the last three games, and he is leading the team in tackles already with sweet. other people playing five games. So like he is a, He's a difference maker. He's a guy that flies all over the field. Um, so he he kind of is the 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 leader of that defensive unit. Maybe not in terms of like total play. But their best player on defense is going to be Justin Simmons, and he should be playing this week. But in terms of a guy that just flies all over the field, kind of a quiet guy that makes plays everywhere. Uh, Josie Joe is going to be somebody you got to watch out for. Uh, Bradley Chubb finally looks like the first round draft pick that he was, you know, drafted to be like he was expected to be the next great pass rusher. One, I think he was the first pass rusher drafted in his draft class, but injuries have derailed him. He sat in, in the shadow of Von Miller for all this time. And then finally, he's already got five and a half sacks through five games. He's on track to get 17, 18. That's an outstanding season by by any pass rusher. So he finally looks like the the guy that they drafted him to be. And I think that he's in a contract year. So it's a big, big difference. And then the, the last defensive player you have to talk about, Patrick Sertain, is yeah. CB1 in the NFL right now. There is no cornerback playing quite as well as this guy. I'll let you go ahead and talk a little bit about him because I know – 
you really like Patrick Sertain coming out the pre- draft process, but I, I, I just think that he is probably their best player on defense when Justin Simmons isn't, you know, the leader of that group. No, uh, yeah, I love Pat Sertain coming out. Um, just a phenomenal player, a, a phenomenal competitor, um, and really a, a one of the few bright spots for this Broncos team. Um, somebody who I'm really not even testing this game because there's no need. You have so many other mismatches across the board. Um, I'm go- I, I, you, you kind of have to go at them every once in a while just to keep them honest, but there's really no need. He's earned my respect as, as a, a young player, kind of developing himself, establishing himself. He's phenomenal. Um, now, yeah, he's really, he's a really good player. I, there's not much else I could say besides that. Yeah, he is. He's outstanding. And I think that we really have to have Keenan Allen back because I can't wait for that. You really do not want Mike Williams and Patrick Sertain because it's going to take Mike Williams completely out the game plan. Mike Williams is not a player who plays in the slot very often. And Patrick Sertain is going to be playing outside and he's going to be lined up one-on-one because he is their best coverage corner without a doubt. And you already know Mike Williams is the Chargers' favorite target with Keenan Allen out of the game. So I think you really, really need Keenan Allen because you need somebody that can draw the defense in, force teams to kind of um, play on in the intermediate part of the field, the short yeah. to intermediate, and that'll open up things for Mike Williams. Otherwise, Mike Williams is not going to have a good game by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's a really bad matchup for Mike Will because – Pat is is so sticky in coverage, very very strict in his discipline. So he's very hard to to create separation against him, which Mike Williams doesn't do very well anyway. So he he as as DBs go, he's one of the best in, in contested catch situations. A really bad matchup across the board for a guy like Mike Williams. Now, if you can get a guy like Keenan back, I know he's been banged up, but just a, a, the guy with Keenan's wiggle. Uh, I think would be a much more beneficial matchup for for the Chargers uh, th- than just Pat on, on Mike Will all day. Because there's also, you know, what what would be the other guy you would pay attention to on that offense? Ronald Darby on the other side, and that's also not a great matchup for um, Josh Palmer. And by the way, Josh Palmer's a little banged up. Yeah, it's I mean, this defense is really, really good. Like you should not sleep on their defense. There's a reason why they've only allowed 80 points in five games like that is that is tied for fourth lowest. This defense has their stuff together um, and there really isn't a whole lot to to take advantage of against this defense because they, they're good at every level. Their defensive line, they do not give up rushing yards in the passing game. They play really sticky coverage. I mean, to give you an idea. Ronald Darby is allowing a reception on 50% of targets heading his way. And then you've got Patrick Sertain allowing 61%. He's been targeted 31 times, giving up 19 receptions. Between the both of them over five games, neither of them given up over 150 yards um, total combined <laughs> over five games. That's insane. And then you've got uh, Kareem Jackson at safety. Uh, Kareem Jackson has been targeted seven times, four receptions for 36 yards. So everything underneath 
teams are not able to pass against uh, against the Broncos, and they haven't even had their best player on defense playing for the last few weeks. P.J. Locke has been their starting safety, and he's playing outstanding, like really, really well in place of uh, of uh, – What's their safety's name? I keep losing track of names. Uh, Simmons? Yeah, Simmons. Justin Simmons. Um, I had to go look it up because I, I thought he went down. But he uh, Darby tore his ACL on Thursday, last Thursday. And just oh, officially hit that actually IR really works in their favor. On That's Monday. huge. That means it's Darius Phillips or Damari Mathis starting at corner. And so the that is huge. On, yeah, the depth chart I'm looking at has Mathis slated and, and Darby. Yeah, so Ronald Darby is out. Michael Almudier is on IR. Randy Gregory is on IR. Yeah. Justin They're Simmons Tim just Patrick. came back from AR. And they're still, with all of these injured players, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Could you imagine them at full strength? Well, do we think – I mean – it, it, do we think? Do you think the defense is that good, or do you think it's a product of teams are 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 they're only scoring sixteen points a game? You don't really necessarily need to score much more than twenty to be in a competitive game with the Broncos. So, do you think they are actually legit, or do you think it's kind of a product of the guys get up heavy and then kind of just have to ease through the third fourth quarter? You know, some of it might be their schedule, uh, but I, I still think that the Broncos have a really talented team overall, right? But you go ahead and look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are on fire right now. This is their week one matchup. Uh, they lost 16-17, but the Seahawks have been like one of the best teams in the NFL through the first quarter of the season. Houston Texans, okay, I get it. I understand why. You know, they held the Texans to nine points. I That makes sense to me. The 49ers are a really good team. Maybe going through a little bit of identity change because yeah. you thought that your quarterback was going to be uh, Trey Lance, and then it ends up being Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy Garoppolo is an outstanding quarterback. I, I still think that he's, at worst, top 15. At best, he's probably on the fringe of top 10. I understand why they went with Trey Lance. We don't really have to get into that. But I, I still think in terms of who Jimmy Garoppolo is to that team, I, I see that team scoring more than 10 points against every other NFL team. And okay. and the Broncos kept them down to, to 11 points. The Raiders, uh, the Raiders scored 32 points against them. That's something you got to like take a look at. But, you know, the Raiders have – uh, the best wide receiver in the NFL, and they're putting up points regardless of how bad the team actually is in actuality. And then they keep the Colts' run game to like nothing. Like that was the Colts so scored frustrating. Twelve points. So like, yeah, there's a few games in there where it's like, okay, the Texans are gimmies, but then the Colts are like in a disarray right now. But then they hold the 49ers and the Seahawks and the Raiders. I mean, they didn't really even hold the Raiders. Raiders score points. I still think that they are playing enough quality teams where it, you can say you can make the judgment case that they're 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 a good defense. 
I was kind of just asking uh, just to get your thoughts because I, I agree. Because four, holding four NFL teams under 20 points, that, that's a win. That, 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 that's a really that's really good defense. So I, I agree. You're really I just, good to do that in an entire season. Right, right. And out of five games, uh, no, I think the defense is there. I mean, well, let's see. What, what are they giving up a game? I think they give up. I think they give up 17 points a game and score about 16. So that's kind of explains their record. Let me pull it up. I I think I'm more interested to see how many yards they're giving up in through the air and on the ground. I got that too. Because I feel like are you are you bending but not breaking or are you just not bending at all? Because if you're not bending at all, that's that's outstanding. So, and I I don't know. Like I I feel like they should be they should be one of the best defenses in the NFL because they have some of the best talent. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. So it looks like, as a as a whole, they are scoring 15 points a game, allowing 16. Um, allowing 316 total yards of offense per game. Pretty good. 204 through the air, 112 on the ground. So that, that's how, how that breaks down. 204 through the air is outstanding. If they're only Phenomenal. giving up just about 200 yards through the air, I mean, quarterbacks are just averaging like 250, 300 a game. There's, that, that is really, really good if you're keeping anybody even close to, to the hundreds. Yeah, so, yeah they're, good, they're a good defensive team. They are good. That, uh, taking a look at just the numbers, taking a look at... at... Yeah, they, they are a good team. And I feel like if we're going to look at that, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, 204 grams. That, to me, is the, is the matchup. How, how We need another MVP-style game from Justin Herbert. I, I, we need more than 204 yards through the air. Or this game's going to be one a, a grinded-out game, and I do not want to keep these guys in it for longer than a quarter. That's fair. Uh, give me your score prediction. I'm going 30-10. A lot of fun to be had, and I'm about to delete at least four beers. I mean, just taking a look at it, I, I you look at the Colts, only allowed them to have nine points, and the 49ers allowed them to have 10. I like that number 10. Um, I think the defense is a little bit better. I'll, I'll probably say, like, 24-10. I'd say 30 just because I'm – Petty and the Raiders put up 32. So if like if they can do it, no, you know no. What? Let me actually take that back. I'm gonna say nine because I say they kick three field goals and they they're not that. able to get in the end zone. I love that. Um, I'll take that. I, anything lower than 14 points is where I kind of I'm gonna be upset with the defense if they give surrender more than 14 points. That's fair. All right, so I think that we have uh. That all figured out, so I, I, I think that we are going to just steamroll the Broncos, as we should, because Be offensively better. they're... Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. 
Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever worn in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com, promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code IHEART. Very complete disarray. Defensively, I think the only reason they're good is they got enough uh, leadership on that side of the ball to kind of power through some of those issues. But if the Broncos are not able to to flip field position and, and put the Broncos' defense in, in a good position, by the end of this season, this defense is not going to look nearly as good as they are today. Any closing remarks, Zach? Um, just that... Shout out to the Padres for moving on to the next round. Um, oh, that I is also, huge. They, they're they playing right now, on matter of fact. So I need to go and put that game on. Okay. Well, I won't spo- I won't give you any spoiler alerts because if, if you've noticed where that my eyes have been uh, off screen most of this episode, that's that's where <laughs> they have been going to. But um, really, really excited for this weekend. Thank you for inviting me out there. Thanks for Tim for joining us earlier. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. Thank you guys so much. And we'll talk to you guys later.